Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am thrilled that you found me, but more importantly, I am thrilled that you found Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 instructs us to work hard so God can approve you, be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly explains the word of truth. And you know, friends, because God is going to examine what kind of workers we've been for him, we should build our lives on his word and build his word into our lives. This is what I've done, which qualifies me to prophesy God's word directly from the Bible out loud. So I hope that you'll consider joining me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we'll delve into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you do have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, you know, friends, compassion. Have you ever been overcome with compassion for someone? Well, this is what we learn happened to Jesus when he entered into the town of Nain near Judea. There he met a funeral procession near the gate that he would be entering into. And the boy who had died was the only son of a widow. It's here that the Lord saw her and his heart was filled with compassion. He exclaimed, don't cry. Then he walked over to the coffin. He touched it. And the pallbearers at this point stopped as Jesus instructed, young man, get up. Then the young man sat up and he began to talk to those around him. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Now this miracle is only recorded in the gospel of Luke. But you see, Dr. Luke was also a man filled with compassion passion who would have immediately appreciated the humanitarian effort that Jesus just displayed. So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 tells us how we are made alive with Christ. Specifically verse 1 says, once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins. And this was the exact case for the widow's son. He could do nothing to help himself. He wasn't even able to ask for help. He was dead. But Jesus in his compassion and his mercy became a living sacrifice for the world. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 7 puts it this way, but God is so rich in his mercy and he loved us so very much that even while we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's special favor that you and me have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and we're seated with him in the heavenly realms, all because we are one with Christ Jesus. And so God can always point to us as examples of the incredible wealth of his favor and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us through Christ Jesus. Paul's point was that we no longer needed to live under sin's power. The penalty for sin and its power over us were miraculously destroyed by Jesus on the cross. Through our faith in Jesus, we're not guilty. We've been acquitted before the accuser of the brethren. 
In Romans chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, talks of this godly forgiveness, putting it into context this way. But now God has shown us a different way of being right in his sight, not by obeying the law, but by the way promised in scripture long ago. We're made right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in the same way, no matter who we are or what we have done. When we place our confidence, our hope, and trust in the person of Jesus through faith, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the way he has taught us. And it's important to realize in God's economy, sins are sins, no matter how we as a world classify them. Some sins seem bigger than others because of the obvious consequences that are larger. Take murder, for example. To us, it seems more serious than that of hatred or adultery, which seems worse than pride. But this worldly hierarchy doesn't mean that little sins are deservant of eternal life. All sins, large or small, make us sinners. All sins cut us off from God because he is holy. And this is why Romans chapter 6 verse 23 proclaims, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin disqualifies us from living with God regardless of how big or little the sin might seem. We should not overestimate little or big sins. While they all separate us from God, they too can all be forgiven. While Jesus paid it all at the cross for you and for me by being our propitiation or our atonement, we still must stay in this fallen world. And all the while, learning coping mechanisms and best practices for living lives filled with Jesus. Being in this world but not of it becomes our new mantra. Before we were spiritually dead in sin and slaves to our sinful nature, however, now we're fully alive in Jesus. And Jesus's compassion was seen when he acted in love toward this widow who was in a dire situation. She had lost her husband and now her only son was dead, her last means of support. After the morning, she was going to be alone and probably penniless. We don't know the age of the widow or her son, but most likely she was past the child-rearing age and therefore would not marry again, unless she experienced a kinsman redeemer through a relative like was the case with Ruth and Boaz. But this widow would have been a prime target for thieves to hustle out of anything she owned. There's protection in community. And Luke gives us a glimpse into the kind of woman Jesus came to help. And we learn that help he did. Jesus has the power to bring hope out of tragedy. So the Jewish people of the day made sure they honored the dead with funeral processions and relatives would follow along behind the dead body that was wrapped and carried on a stretcher and bystanders were expected expected to join in to the procession and additionally mourners were hired to participate in the honorary walk throughout town. These mourners would cry aloud drawing attention to the procession. And the family would continue on in the morning for 30 days. 
So when Jesus was approaching the city of Nain, he had a great crowd of people following behind him. And it was natural for the people in the town to think of him as merely a prophet. After all, like the Old Testament prophets, he would boldly confess and preach God's word. He also would on occasion raise the dead like he had done here today. While the people were correct, Jesus was a prophet. He was also a high priest and God. So the next occasion where Jesus gives compassion was at a dinner party he'd been invited to. So if you want to follow along with me, open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. It's entitled, A Sinful Woman Anoints Jesus' Feet. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for a meal. So Jesus accepted the invitation and sat down to eat. A certain immoral woman heard he was there and brought a beautiful jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who was the host saw what was happening and who the woman was, he said to himself, this proves that Jesus is no prophet. If God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. All right, teacher, Simon replied, go ahead. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss of greeting, but she has kissed my feet again and again from the time I first came in. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, so she has shown me much love. But a person who's forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who does this man think he is going around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So what makes the story all the more special is that the woman in the story we just read about was not even an invited guest to this dinner party. She entered the house and knelt behind Jesus at his feet. In Jesus's day, it was customary to recline while eating. Dinner guests would lie on couches with their heads near the table, propping themselves up on one elbow and then stretching their feet out behind them. So this woman was easily able to anoint or bless Jesus's feet without approaching the table. And Luke in his wisdom contrasts the religious Pharisees with that of the sinners. 
And yes, you guessed it, the sinners prevailed over the legalist. Simon, who was a Pharisee, had committed several social errors in neglecting to wash Jesus' feet. This was merely a courtesy offered to guests as sandaled feet got very dirty. So nor did he anoint Jesus' head with oil and offer him a kiss of greeting. So did Simon maybe feel he was too good to treat Jesus on an equal level with him? Perhaps. By contrast, the sinful woman lavished tears, expensive perfume, and kisses upon her Savior. So in this story, we learn that it's the grateful, immoral woman and not the stingy religious leaders whose sins were forgiven. Although it's God's grace through faith in his son that saves us, it's not acts of love or generosity. While these are good and they prove we've been saved, the true, truly, it's again, the faith in Jesus that saves us. So this woman's acts demonstrated her true faith. And then Jesus honored her with compassion and mercy, forgiving her of all sins. And the natural response to forgiveness when we've received it and the consequence of our faith is just an outpouring and overflowing of love. So God's complete free offer of undeserved and unmerited favor is given to people who realize the depth and breadth of their sin. Jesus has rescued all of his followers from spiritual death. And some people were extremely wicked while other sinners were considered conventionally good, yet all were sinners. And this gives us an appreciation for the wideness of God's mercy. The reason the Pharisees had an expanse or a gap in their thinking was that truth to them said that only God could forgive sins. Here in our story, we learn that Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who does this man think he is going around and forgiving sins? These Pharisees did not grasp the fact that Jesus was indeed God. So today I'm going to end with some faith declarations to meditate on until we meet back tomorrow. And I would challenge you to stand on one, just maybe pick out one that's your favorite and just recite it over and over in your mind for the remainder of the day and just see how Jesus blesses you and know that you're loved and God bless you. Let's start the declarations. God is faithful to his word. All of his promises are yes and amen. God will not fail me or leave me without support. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? God is in complete control. Man can kill the body, but God can take both soul and body. When I trust God, he promises to make a way, even though it looks like there is no way. He gives me strength for every battle, wisdom for every decision, peace which surpasses all understanding. God, you are my vindicator for my enemies' wrongs. You will pay me back for unfair situations. I am held in the palm of God's hand. God is incapable of lying. God cannot fail. God has never lost a case yet, and he isn't about to start now. Thank you for fresh grace, favor, and wisdom. Thank you for forgiveness and mercy. 
I'm expecting good news today. I'm expecting good news this year. God covers me in his goodness. I easily express the attitude of God in all that I do. Father, thank you that I no longer sit on dead center. My goals are easily achievable at any age. I know it's not too late to accomplish the dreams God has placed within my heart. Father, thank you that you're stirring up my gifts and fanning the flame for the seed you have placed within my heart. Me and God are a majority. I am blessed. I am prosperous. I am redeemed. I am forgiven. I am healthy. I am whole. I am talented. I am creative. I am confident. I am secure. I am disciplined. I am focused. I am prepared. I am qualified. I am motivated. I am valuable. I am free. I am determined. I am equipped. I am empowered. I am anointed. I am accepted and approved. I am not average. I am not mediocre. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be. I have seeds of greatness. I am well able to fulfill my destiny and mission. I am full of can-do power. I am free from cancer. I know when one door closes, a better one opens. By his stripes, I am healed. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. With long life, God will satisfy me. God is restoring health back into me. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Sickness, you've got to go back. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Me and my children will be mighty in the land. Father, I thank you that every force trying to stop them has to go back. And Father, I thank you that every force trying to stop me has to go back. I am full of energy. My future is as bright as the promises of God. Mountain, be cast into the sea. It may look permanent, but I have mustard-sized seed faith. You cannot keep me from my destiny. You have to move out of the way. You shall become a mere molehill, mountain. I shout grace and favor at my mountain. The setback isn't here to stop me. It's here to promote me. Where God gives vision, he provides provision. Father, you said your favor surrounds me like a shield. The Holy Spirit is enlarging my shield. You said you're taking me from glory to glory. The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. I'm redeemed. I'm healthy. I'm a masterpiece. I have the mind of Christ. I have peace which surpasses all understanding. I'm more than a conqueror. God always causes me to triumph. My latter days will be greater than my former days. I'm blessed. I'm strong. I'm well able. 
God, you say you will provide all my needs. You are my Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. I will live and not die. The number of my days God will fulfill. Whatever I touch prospers and succeeds. Goodness and mercy are following me. There is nothing too difficult for my God. What he started in my life, he will finish. Though I'm surrounded by trouble, I will know no fear, for God being for me is greater than the world being against me. I have the favor of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So friends, today if you want to experience an intimate, personal relationship with God's Son Jesus and spend eternity in heaven, I invite you to pray this prayer of salvation now. God, I've missed the mark and I'm turning away from my sins. Come into my heart. I believe in your son's shed blood for all who acknowledge he took on the sins of humanity, past, present, and future at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer salvation, I believe you were spiritually born again. Your next steps are to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And consider joining a good Bible-based church where your faith in Jesus can continue to grow and be edified by like-minded people. But allow me to be the first one to congratulate you on the most important decision that you have ever made and will ever make in your entire lifetime. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power. In our present day lives, we delve into many topics such as forgiveness, love in action, biblical wisdom, and what the Word of God says about trust and many more. I hope that you'll come alongside me as we explore the Bible together. And if you like this pod show, make sure to hit like and subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes as they become available. And why don't you consider being a blessing to someone else today by sharing this podcast link with them. Much of today's podcast is referenced from my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring, you may want to consider reading it in its entirety. And you can easily pick up a copy from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com, or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. But friends, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I want to find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word. Until next time, be blessed. And remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.